0: Hi hey guys, welcome to It's A Vet Tech Life. I'm Megan and I'm your co-host along with...
1: Sheena with Not Another Vet Nurse. And we are here to
0: bring you pet information and client information for your pet and also for all of the people in the wonderful veterinary medicine community. We are here to be your support system, and we want nothing more than to be able to reach out and help you back. So, if you're ready, let's get started on another episode.
1: Let's do it.
0: Hey guys, this is Megan, one of your hosts from It's a Vet Tech's Life. I wanted to take a quick second and tell you all about Anchor the easiest way to make a podcast. And trust me, I've tried several others. So believe me when I say it is the easiest. It's completely free. There's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So it's great for busy people on the go like me. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. If you have been listening from the beginning of our podcast, we often, at random intervals, will say things and follow it up immediately with the phrase, oh, that's a soapbox, and now we want to add a section into our show to kind of add some humor and also go into these soapbox topics that are kind of personal pet peeves of ours, um things that we run into a lot in veterinary medicine and just kind of put a funny spin on it but also it is a problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Or it is
0: something that we think about or deal with.
1: Yes, especially the one we're going to talk about. Yes.
0: All right. So the soapbox topic we're actually going to talk about today is vaccinating your pets. It's important. You should do it.
1: Right up there with the anti-vax movement of people, which is a whole nother soapbox, if you will. Um, People or owners are wanting to stop vaccinating their pets because the same situation. They think the same things are happening to their animals. And uh, not the case. That's just not the case. So we're here to hopefully spread some light on that.
0: Yes. And a lot of times I see where people will do the puppy vaccinations or the kitten vaccinations Mm -hmm. and have them all caught up in all their
1: boosters, but they won't do the yearly. Yes. Yes. They think, oh, when I I got it done as a puppy. Well, (laughs) I mean, they still need them Mm -hmm. the rest of their lives. Um, and let's not forget that rabies, my friends, is a federally mandated vaccine. It is required. So,
0: good luck with
1: that. If you get caught with your
0: dog or cat unvaccinated,
1: mm-hmm. And if your dog bites another dog or an animal not up to date on vaccines, that's no Woof. no bueno. So that is a bad day. Yeah. It's- not ideal. I think what people fail to remember, um, and I'm not really familiar with how children vaccines work, um, with dogs, they don't they're not able to get um the immunity through um the colostrum like like human babies, I guess. So it's kind of I, I would say it's kind of the same because okay. sometimes you
0: have and I was just studying this for one of my schools when I did um, neonatal care. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes you can pass it on between mother and child for both animals and humans, mm-hmm.
1: but it wears off. Right. So, I mean, there's only, it only it only has so much that it's giving to the baby.
0: hmm And the same with the puppy. Right, right. Something that people fail to really realize about vaccines as well as preventatives, which is another soapbox, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> they aren't
1: cure-all. Right.
0: Just because you vaccinate your pet doesn't mean that it's automatically immune from something.
1: No. No. Their body just
0: like, needs to uh, uh, produce antibodies.
1: Yeah. The, yeah.
0: Their body needs to produce antibodies. So, and it's just like with flea and tick medication, it doesn't stop the fleas from dropping on your dog, but it prevents right. them from living. Right.
1: Exactly. So,
0: it's... More of a preventative measure than a cure-all wonder drug. Yes.
1: Yes. And let's not forget that vaccines, just like anything, have the potential to have an adverse reaction. So just because it's supposed to make you not get sick doesn't mean that something negative can't happen out of it. But that doesn't mean that, you know, the risks don't outweigh the benefits or...
0: That's true. And that's something that you have to remember with vaccines. Mm -hmm. It's not that we're saying that they're 100% like, whatever. But if you look at the risks of not doing it versus the
1: risks of doing it, it's better for
0: your health in the long run to do it.
1: Yeah. And I mean... So say your pet does have a vaccine reaction, which is common. There are ways to, which I'm sure if we'll go into more detail, but there are ways to prevent that from happening in the future um, Mm -hmm. or ways to help at least make make it less, I guess.
0: But one of my biggest issues with the vaccinations and why it's become such a soapbox of mine is because people want to go, oh, well, my dog's old. And it has parvo, but it was vaccinated. Yeah, it got the puppy vaccinations. Just because it's old doesn't mean it can't get parvo. That's why we booster it every
1: year. Yep. That is that is so true. And I, I feel like I've seen an older dog have parvo before. So I mean, I've never seen it, but I have heard about it. it. It's been a while since I've been in the field, but... I'm pretty sure that I've seen an older dog have it. So, I mean, like you said, vaccines aren't a cure-all end-all. Mm-hmm. But, that does, but you need to vaccinate. So. Yeah. <laughs> don't let me just sway you opposite.
0: So, I mean, the question is, like, what are vaccines? If you don't know what they are, I'm reading this from the American Veterinary Medical Association. And I can link the vaccine frequently asked questions page into our show notes but vaccines are health products that trigger protective immune responses in pets and prepare them to fight future infections from disease causing agents and the vaccines can lessen the severity of future diseases so it's not saying that they can't get these diseases because it's not a 100% guarantee
1: right but
0: it does Say that even if they are to get these diseases, it's likely to be a lot less severe than if they're totally unprotected, right? I so to
1: me, that reminds me of the flu vaccine, yeah. Like, you still, I mean, I don't personally get it because I've, I don't, I think it's, I don't think I need it, but that doesn't mean that like people that get it doesn't mean that they're not going to get it, they're just not going to get the flu as bad, exactly, right?
0: Yeah, and I mean. The thing is, certain vaccines can prevent infection altogether, Mm -hmm. and some of them, like we just said, can lessen it. Like, today, there's a variety of vaccines that are available for use by veterinarians. So, they're there for a reason. Yeah. So, like we said, it's important to vaccinate. Um, They should be vaccinated to protect them from any highly contagious and deadly diseases. Even experts agree that widespread use of vaccines within the last century has prevented the death and disease in millions of animals. So that's that's enough evidence for me to want to vaccinate my animals.
1: I mean my evidence was in the Parvo episode
0: when my own dog got sick, you know. Yeah. So I mean So if you haven't heard her story with Parvo, you really need to go back and listen. Yeah. Cuz it will make you want to vaccinate like that. <laughs> <laughs> So when people think like their lifestyle can affect their vaccines, I guess that's kind of true because like, if you don't live in a heavily wooded area or you don't go hunting or whatever, you don't really need a rattlesnake vaccine all that much. And like my dog Mm -hmm. doesn't go out. He's not around other dogs all that much. So he doesn't really get kennel cough vaccines. So Mm -hmm. to an extent, yes, it can affect it, but that's all that I would really chance it with. I mean, Correct
2: me if I'm wrong. Do you have any input on that? Um, no. I was just going to say that I do, I do the same thing, like, with my dogs. Um, they, don't, they don't go anywhere. They stay home with me. They don't board. The one time they did board, I did have to get the vaccine. Um, but, I I mean, I, too, am not going to give them something that they don't see that they don't get, you know, as much exposure to. So I understand that. But they always get their core vaccines, you know, the ones yes. that you mentioned in the beginning. The core Um, vaccines
0: are, like, non-negotiable.
2: Right. And then, just to add on to the rattlesnake thing, I mean, not every state has them either. So, that's lifestyle right there, you know. When we were in Alaska, we didn't have those. So, obviously, we didn't Mm -hmm. have a rattlesnake vaccine, you know. So, it really just depends, like you said, where you go. Um, Another one, and I don't know if you've talked about it, but the lepto vaccine you know like no, we have not
0: my, um, my dog gets it uh,
2: with his distemper parvo okay see we don't we don't have one that has that in the vaccine at least not at our clinic that I take them to but they also don't go out hiking and 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 get around a bunch of water and stuff where there's lepto at, you know so it just mm-hmm. really depends like you said lifestyle and what you feel like they need
0: Yeah, I mean, but again, like we've said, the core vaccines are the important ones. Those are really non-negotiable, but Uh if it will help pet parents be able to decipher more about the vaccines, I have no problem with researching and doing episodes on, you know, like leptospirosis, like we did for the um, feline immunodeficiency virus. I have no problem doing one for feline leukemia, Um, we did it for Parvo, things like that, I have no problem doing research for those vaccines and getting informational
2: episodes about that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, just to kind of, especially to help, uh, what's the word? Educate. Refresh. Refresh. Yeah, educate and refresh my memory. (laughs) Um, And also, you know, for the
0: pet parents that I know listen to this podcast um it'll help you guys be able to decipher what you feel like your dog needs other than the core vaccines that are non-negotiable yeah
2: absolutely Help you make better informed decisions
0: yes and that's our goal here is to help you guys make better informed decisions about your pet we're not vets we can't tell you what to do what not to do but we want to help better inform you and give you some better you know weapons in your pet parent arsenal yes Along with vaccines, I know Sheena briefly talked about this earlier, is there are some reactions, and that is a lot of the reasoning why people don't want to vaccinate their pets. But it's a uh, risk versus benefit thing. Very few. Right. I've never seen, actually, I've never seen a, um. so with vaccines, there are allergic reactions. I've never actually seen one. Have you? Vaccine reaction? Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, I've seen quite a few. Um. I've seen minor ones to where they get, uh, like, their face gets blown up or, like, swollen. Um, I've seen ones to the point where I've seen them actually die from it. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, it's not really, it's not really, like, if you see any of these things that you're going to say, you know, it's not something to really take lightly because I, I really have seen, you can, they can go into respiratory arrest, they can go into cardiac arrest, they can all these you know every dog or every animal is going to react differently just like just like we do you know
0: yeah and I mean that's so, also why that's also why when we give your pet vaccines we make you stay for a certain amount of time
2: yeah and I don't know if y'all did it or if other people do it but you know I would always tell people just to make sure that you're going to stay home with your pet for at least 24 hours yeah you know that way if something does happen you're able to you're you're there. And you can take them in and get it looked at, um, because generally that
0: is when they're going to have them. Yeah, so I think going from this, is really going to be helpful to tell you guys what's normal and what's not. So what's considered normal after a vaccine, they may have pain at the vaccine site, um, a mild fever, but then again, please, dear God, don't put your hand on your dog or cat's head and say they their head feels warm. I think they have a fever because it is not a good indication. <laughs> they might be he a does. little lethargic. Um, I mean, you know, but that's common, you know, we don't feel good after our vaccine yeah. sometimes. So if they're lethargic for that day or they're reluctant to play or exercise, sometimes they might not want to eat too much, or if they have a nasal vaccine, like Portatella intranasal, they might sneeze a little more than normal. It's it's okay. That's not that's yeah. nothing to be worried about. Well, just the body reacting to it, invader. But um, the things that are not normal and treatment is going to be required for them are things such as vomiting, diarrhea, facial swelling, hive, collapse, and especially if these occur within hours of receiving the vaccine, along with difficulty breathing. So these symptoms can be a part of an anaphylactic reaction which is more extreme and can be potentially life-threatening. So those are things that you really, really need to bring your pet back in for or to an emergency clinic if it's after hours. But um, the general stuff, the pain at the the injection site, sneezing, being a little extra tired, not really being as hungry as
2: normal, that's completely fine. Yeah. And I was just going to add, I don't know if it says, does it differentiate dogs from cats? on what you're looking
0: at? It just says vaccine allergic reactions in dogs and cats. Um, In
2: dogs and cats, okay. So I just wanted to reiterate, or not reiterate, I just want to clarify that also in cats, being the special species uh, that they are, um, so they do, they will have vomiting, and by vomiting, I mean projectile, because I've had a cat that had um, a vaccine reaction. Um, So vomiting and... Um, the other main thing, so with cats, you're not going to really see like a swollen face really, I guess, if you will, because you know how like dogs, you'll see they have a swollen muzzle or they're swollen around their eyes. Cats don't tend to get that. So the other main thing I always tell people is, um, respiratory distress. If they're panting or if they're having a difficult time breathing, um, cats should never be panting. So if that ever happens, Definitely definitely bring them in um, because they're a lot more, like I said, special. So,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're they're different species. So what's in one might not be seen in the other. The group at greatest risk for reaction is actually neutered male dogs of small breed around the ages of one to three, so in the young adult area. And it said that, like, for dogs, as their size increases, the risk of vaccine reaction drops. Interesting.
2: I find that interesting about the neutering part. Now, don't, please, please don't let that sway you from neutering your pets. Oh, dear God, that's no. A whole other, that's a whole other thing we could probably discuss later because there's yes. other issues with that. Um, but I find that interesting, the neutering them. I mean, I knew about the small dogs. So, smaller dogs, we had to do like less vaccines at each appointment to kind of.
0: Yeah, that's another thing. That's another um, thing it mentions. Yeah. And so that even so happened with my own dog. A reaction? No. Um, it's just, that, like, he was so small that giving a oh. bunch of vaccines at once was a little too much for his little body, and he just was extremely lethargic. So we had to kind yeah. of break it up after that, and it took a little while longer to get all of his puppy vaccines done.
2: Yeah. But it's definitely worth it.
0: It was. Yeah, It yeah. was because, I mean... Especially with his size and being a little chihuahua, it
2: mm-hmm.
0: it would have been bad if he had encountered something like Parvo because I hadn't have vaccinated him properly. So it's not right. something to play with.
2: Right. And I also want to point out that there are those statistics, but that large dogs can still have vaccine reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just so that we're not like, oh, well, only we small male later yeah. One to three year old. You know what I mean? Like any breed, any size, that just tends to be the, the most I guess, I don't know, possible ones, but I have seen larger dogs have vaccine reactions. So
0: And actually only about one in two hundred and fifty dogs had some sort of reaction when a study it was done in like October of two thousand five. And oh. when they kind of translated the numbers, that was only thirteen reactions for every ten thousand doses of a vaccine given. So that's very, very low odds.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is pretty low. Um, and it's also important to note that they can happen at any time. So mm-hmm. just because your dog's ten years old doesn't mean that they can't have a reaction. Because generally, it's the body's building up
1: a like immunity
2: mm-hmm. to it, and then all of a sudden it's like, hates this pathogen, so it attacks it, you know. Um, so, it, they can happen at any point, any given time in their life. So.
0: And if your pet has had a reaction, the best thing you can do for future vaccines is to be sure your veterinarian is aware of your pet's history, especially if you've changed vets or you move a lot, you know, they need to know, so you have to be sure to inform them and the staff so that proper pre-medication can be given or... Like, I had a dog that we didn't know couldn't have nasal Bordetella. We gave it nasal Bordetella, and it was sneezing and had respiratory oh. issues because the owner did not inform us. Mm, yeah, I mean, it turned out definitely. fine, but still, it's a good idea when you change vets, you have to inform that because it was nowhere in the dog's medical history. Oh,
2: that's also partly on the previous vet for not putting it on the chart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, but yeah. it it
0: was definitely definitely not in our records. We had no indication. It was
2: crazy. Like
0: we had no idea why this lady was coming back so mad, and come to find out, yeah. her dog had issues, and nobody had told us. Yeah.
2: But another come, come what? forward.
0: Yeah, it is I said so it's best, best to, to come, come forward. forward. Another thing: if your dog does have issues with vaccines, they do um. The place that I'm looking at, Veterinary Partner, it does say to be prepared to pay for extra premedications and/or observation. I've never had anybody pay for observation. You normally just stay in the room for a little while, but um, sometimes they might you might have to be given like an
2: antihistamine or something. Yeah, yeah, and I've never had them stay.
0: Usually, like you said, like in
2: the room, just kind of watch them Mm -hmm. and see what happens.
0: A little while ago, we mentioned breaking up vaccines, too, and that's another good thing if your dog or cat does have a reaction because a lot of times with vaccines that are multi-vaccines in one, breaking them up will also help determine which vaccine is the culprit so that you know which vaccine is causing your pet to have the reaction and which ones are still okay with your pet.
2: That's, uh, it's almost like, um, like running a food sensitivity trial, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and it's like figuring out which
0: one. Is yeah. It's like, it's like when you're introducing your human child to food for the first time for the first week, mm-hmm. you give it one food. The next week you give it another food.
2: Yeah. And that way, that's if it has smart. a
0: flare up, you know, okay, well, my child's allergic to mangoes. Mhm. Yeah. That's smart. Another thing that it does mention is um, don't have your pet vaccinated at a vaccine clinic because they're designed to provide streamlined service for healthy pets in need of just regular immunizations. These clinics generally aren't prepared for the individual attention required by a pet who has a history of a vaccine
2: reaction. No. Yeah. Vaccine clinics. Wow. That's a that's probably another soapbox on, so on its own. <laughs> but uh it's funny that you say that because, and I'm sure we will get into this with, with our breeder soapbox, but like um, I don't know about your clinic, but our clinic when we would have people come in with vaccine records from the breeder, um, our doctor, she just doesn't recognize it because she doesn't trust it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there is some truth to that because first of all, we don't know how these people are handling these medicaid or well, I guess it's a medication, but handling these vaccines. Are they being refrigerated? Are they being reconstituted properly? Mm-hmm. Are they being given in the right area? Are you watching your pet? I mean, God forbid they do have a vaccine reaction as a breeder and you just gave it to them. Yeah. Um, so it's not just about giving a vaccine. It's making sure your pet is healthy enough to give a vaccine. And exactly. I don't know what, what that, what that looks like. If you give a sick pet a vaccine, you just like made it worse, you know? Yeah. So, so I just, It's important to know that Mm -hmm. how to handle them and vaccine clinics, they don't probably do the same thing. They probably don't have them properly stored. So it's just something to think about before you go and get your pet vaccinated other than a vet clinic.
0: And please no DIY vaccine giving. This is going to be a whole nother soapbox of mine because I get ticked every time I go in like a general store and see a refrigerator that was like, you can buy your pet's vaccines here. And I'm like, really? Do you know how to give them? You know, you can call as an oh, abscess or, you know, but, you know, let's just give them anyways.
2: Every clinic I've worked at, we don't give information like that over the phone. And I don't know if that's just us.
0: Oh, no, no. I walked in I, a store and it was there.
2: Oh, oh yeah. I've seen that. and I, Yeah. I was, the first time I saw that, I was baffled. I was like, I didn't know. Really I bitch to do the that. entire
0: time I was in that store.
2: It's just so. And let me just read, like, just let you know that rabies is not sold there so yeah you still got to come to us for that
0: so i've been in several general stores and several like supply stores and i just i go in there and i see like where you can buy vaccinations for your pets and it's just the biggest issue to me like i will literally like non-stop bitch the entire time i'm in that store just because i do not agree with it i mean it's like you're not gonna vaccinate your human child by yourself why are you gonna do it to a pet no
2: it's still that a medical
0: thing. Like, it's still a medical yep. procedure or a medical technique that you need to know how to do properly because, like, what mm-hmm. if you go to stick that dog and you don't pull back before you push the vaccine in and you
2: hit a capillary? Yep. Good job or on that you, one. Or you, like, don't, I mean, you don't know sub versus intramuscular and you inject uh-huh. in the muscle. You know what I mean? I mean, you'd have to be really pushing hard on that one, but still... If you don't know, you don't know. Well, so, yeah. I
0: mean, what if you don't know to give sub vaccine sub Q for animals? I mean, you know, what if you've right. never? You, what if you just think that giving a vaccine to an animal is like a
2: human? You put it in the muscle. Mm-hmm. Completely that's wrong. Yep, you could definitely harm a pet if you don't know what you're doing. But yeah, we don't vaccinate our children on our own. I think that's so funny that we're just like, yeah, let's just have a refrigerator full of vaccines. Mm-hmm. And vaccinate our pets, but.
0: And another thing, too, like Sheena said earlier, you still have to come to us for rabies. So you might as well just let us do the rest and know they're done correctly.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It comes back to we're not, it's not about the money. Like, it's Mm -hmm. literally about wanting to make sure that your pet is healthy enough to receive the vaccine and to inform you, to educate you about what to look out for and why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. A lot of our job is client, client education, you know, and to make sure that it's being done and handled properly and, you know, you're addressing your concerns. Oh, by the way, my dog's been having diarrhea. You know what I mean? Uh, there's, it's really, or really just there to make sure that, you know, your pet gets the best care.
0: But, yeah, don't don't just go get your vaccines off the shelf. I mean, if you give a vaccine wrong, you can cause an abscess, and it can be a whole bigger issue yeah. and a lot more money. So, it's really worth yeah. it just to pay us that, uh, like, 14 or $18 for the vaccine and not have to deal with the care of the abscess that you caused by trying to DIY your vaccines.
2: That is true. I forgot about that. And in, uh, it happens in dogs, but mostly in cats. They get um, vaccine-assisted sarcomas, and they're from the rabies vaccine usually, but um, they can get That vaccine is non-negotiable, though. It's still non-negotiable. However, um, there are certain things that, you you know, cats can get from them, like if you don't do it properly. It's
0: just something that needs to be handled by a trained professional. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of It's a Vet Tech's Life and we really appreciate it and we hope we can reach out and help people through this and educate people as well if you have any questions or if you want to get your thoughts on the show about you know your job what you're going through or a funny story about an animal um please go to anchor.fm backslash it's a vet sex life and leave us a voice message on there or you can go to my instagram it's at megs m-e-g-g-s underscore Noel n-o-e-l and leave me a message on there but as mentioned before in previous episodes there are some community rules please be positive and happy and you know if you have a sad situation you're working through that's perfectly fine and we're here for that but no negativity no haters no room
1: for that we're here to bring people happiness and also don't clinics or client names yes confidentiality confidentiality
0: but if you want to reach out to the group itself sheena what's the hashtag the the handle our handle is not another vet nurse that's our that's instagram and
1: facebook so you'll be able to find us on either one
0: all right guys thank you so much for listening and can't wait to do another episode for you guys bye